Hello, and welcome to another episode of Black Joy and Bootstraps. I am your host, Felicia Jimenez, and I am on today with the Mrs. Laverne Mickens. Miss um, Laverne, can you say hey for the people, please? Hey, y'all. Hey, how you doing today? Hey. I love it. Listen, today, y'all, we have a beautiful, you know, I love all the topics that we talk about. I love giving this information to the community, but Miss Mickens, Miss Laverne, she is an expert in all things um, scholarships, grants, all the funding. Y'all, we talk about free money today. Uh, and so I am excited for this topic. And without any further ado, as per usual, let's go ahead and hop right in. Hey, Black Joy and Bootstraps, the podcast that you really need. Helping my Black community. Good vibes, good energy. Black Joy and Bootstraps, talk financial literacy. Love and education. Want to see my people elevated. Yeah. Hey, girl. Hey, how you doing? Good. Miss Laverne, please tell us um, a little bit about yourself and how you started just kind of transitioning into, I want to teach people all about grants and scholarships and free money and all the things. Absolutely. So I'm a mom of five. My mm -hmm. oldest is 27. My twins are 23. Uh, my youngest son is 20. And the baby who's now in the midst of the scholarship college process is 17. I've been married to my husband, who's also a teacher for 25 years. Come on, and educators. Educators Come in on. the house. Yes. Yeah. So um, and we were both doctoral students at one time. And up to a certain point, they cut off your financial aid if you're in Ooh. school for too long. So I started looking for money for myself. And then when my oldest son was ready to transition from high school to college, I kind of started looking for him and he was winning like crazy because he was really smart. And so I saved all his information and saved it for the next child and then the next child and then the next child. So as I'm researching, I would put things on Facebook mm. at the time, Instagram, when we started getting on Instagram and people in the community kind of know me as the money lady, as the college mama and the scholarship mama. If you have questions, I'm the one to go to because I probably have the answer or I can find the answer. So I've just been trying to help former students. I've been teaching, like I said, for 22 years. A lot of them are grown now with their own kids. They come back to me, ask me for help for themselves or for their kids. So I'm just trying to be a wealth of information for everybody. Yo, this, I, when I tell you, I'm so excited because uh, we know how like daunting student debt is right now the student loan debt crisis and you know so many of us were so excited about that debt relief and then uh -huh. sitting here waiting on that debt relief Listen, so, who's gonna pay it uncle joe because i'm not maybe Where, where's kamala at she gonna pay it because i'm not ma'am and we're getting her hair straightened but she needs <laughs> to pay because i'm not mm -mm. but and so i'm i'm with you and so we were sitting here and we're like man like this is um such an incredible topic to hit on and so i want to start with like the very basics and you know black women just out here saving the world you like look i i saw what happened to me my funding ran out then i'm like let me go and save the world i gotta tell everybody about this so um tell me just before we even like dive in dive in what is the difference between a grant a scholarship financial aid what's the difference between those things what do they mean okay so let me see if i could break it down like this really easy there's free money and then there's money that they loan you that you have to pay back. Let's start with the free money. So scholarships, that's usually private money that you apply for 
that you don't have to pay back. So for instance, Coca-Cola, huge companies give scholarships, Dell Computers, um, your local fraternities and sororities in town, they'll give scholarships. Or like the Lions Club, the Elks Club, uh, lots of veterans organizations, they'll give you a scholarship. You usually have to write an essay, you compete against other people, and you win that money. Grants, that's free money. Usually from larger private organizations or usually the government. Mm -hmm. uh, there's something called a Pell Grant, depending on how much your parents make or how much income you have. Usually you have to be at a certain uh, poverty level or right above that to get what's called a Pell Grant. You don't have to pay that money back. Um, loans, of course. I've got tons of loans. Mm -hmm. Loans, that's money that you borrow and you have to pay back with interest. And that's why the president right now, hopefully, is going to eradicate student debt because I've got a lot of it. And mm -hmm. there's federal loans and there's private loans. We can talk about that also. And then financial aid, just in general, if you're applying for college and you get accepted, they'll give you what's called a merit award based on your grades and your extracurriculars. And it's usually basic and it's minimal. But then you can get institutional financial aid from the school. You can also negotiate for a higher financial aid package. So there's a lot of different buzzwords in yeah. uh, education and finance right now. And a lot of people don't know. They don't know the difference. So Absolutely. I'm out here trying to help people. We have on on the campus that I worked at um, for, uh, before, we had what's called a CCMR person, and that's College Career Military Readiness. So they were to learn all of Thanks. these things. Um, do you guys have that on your campus as well? We do. So <laughs> here, here in the city, in all the high schools, they have a college readiness you have your guidance counselor who helps you just straight grades mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and classes. Then you've got a financial aid advisor. Then they have a citywide college now program where they're giving kids weekly updates on scholarships. Uh, if you need help with your financial aid, what is the EFC? Do you know what a 1040 is? Because you're going to need to fill in your parents' information, get your parents in here. Maybe they don't know what that is. So we've got college advisors, money advisors, and just general guidance advisors to try to lead and guide these kids on the right path. And yeah. that varies by state, right? Because I'm in Absolutely. Texas. Yep. I'm in Texas, you're in Massachusetts. So it's also important to know like wherever you are, you need to be trying to find all of those resources. And I love what Laverne said because the best starting point is going to be that guidance counselor. Um, so at your school, every school has counselors. Um, and so you wanna start with them to see what is it that you need to do, what classes you need to take, all the things to even start that journey into looking at college and all the things. So Absolutely. So let me let me ask again, because I just wanted to be sure. When you say financial aid, when somebody says, I need to go get FAFSA, right? What is it that they are signing up for? Okay, so financial aid or the FAFSA is a free form mm -hmm. sponsored by the federal government to get millions, almost billions of dollars in aid from every school in the country. So what happens is you have to sign up for what's called an FSA ID. Basically, just so they recognize that you are you. Your parents also need an FSA ID because they're gonna have to sign the document after they're done filling everything in. And basically, you fill out the FAFSA, your name, your information, if you had a job, how much income you had, um, if you're in foster care, if you lost a parent, there's lots of money out there for uh, kids in those situations. Um, if you worked, how much money you made, if you're even going to file taxes, if your parents file taxes, how much money they made. 
And what's good about it is for the parent side of it, they have what's called the DRT tool. The IRS has a tool that instead of you looking for your taxes every year, you just electronically slide the information in from one portal to another. Um, And then you go over the information. You can look for someone to help you prepare it or you can do it yourself. You sign it with your FSA ID. It's a four-digit code, and then your parents sign it, and then it goes, and then you have to choose up to 10 schools. There are 10 schools that you're interested in. It may be more. If there's more, then we'll talk about what you have to do if you have more than 10 schools, like my daughter did. So you put your 10 schools in. They get all your information to the financial aid office, even before you get into college. And this opened October 1st, so you want to make sure you do it as early as possible because that aid goes quickly. Mm. So as soon as you click Submit, the financial aid office of every school that you entered gets your information and then they start compiling your data and seeing how much money they think they want to give you. Mm. And at the end, you're going to get what's called the EFC. The EFC is the estimated financial contribution from your parents. You want that number to be as low as possible. Sometimes it's not and kids and parents think, oh, I'll never get aid. I make too much. Don't ever think that. Fill it out. You'd be surprised at how much money you still get. Even if your EFC is as high as ten thousand one year, our EFC was fifteen thousand. Because we look good on paper, but I'm broke. Listen, yeah, and that's the majority of Americans. I can't pay like, it. It's the majority of parents. We're yeah. middle class, but we're broke. You know. Yeah. So even if your EFC is high, it may not be zero. Because I'm not dirt dog poor, but I'm still struggling. How can you help us out? And that's where the negotiations come in. You call the financial aid, you call the bursar, you call the registrar, you call the school and you give them the extended circumstance piece. Well, here are my updates. Uh, One person's out of work. That won't show on my taxes because those are last year's taxes. But guess what's happening this year? I got one person sick. One person's out of work. Somebody's on mental health leave. My son is in and out the hospital. I got bills from here to there. You know, you give them your situation and, and you negotiate your package even before you get accepted to school. Yeah. Laverne, I didn't even know that that was a thing. Like you just like, <laughs> like my mind is kind of blown. Yeah. I didn't know like you could negotiate. I thought like, Oh, absolutely. Tell you And what you get is what because you get. they're competing. Cause think about it. Colleges are businesses, right? They want your business. They want that money. So for example, um, one of my twins, she got into Smith, but she also got into Mount Holyoke. Well, you know, I'm looking at these eight packages who really wants her because we got into this school over here and they're giving us this. Your package is nice, but we're going to need a little bit more. And here's why. So, yeah. Listen, you finna have us all out here negotiating. What what you what you got? Let me do this. So, right. okay. Um, Something you said was like when you said earlier that your son was really smart or, you know, like what are some things that contribute to you receiving more scholarships or free money? When I tell you there are scholarships for everything under the sun, so a lot of people worry that their kids don't have straight A's and have all this laundry list of extracurriculars. Don't worry about that. They have scholarships if you're short, if you got a lazy left eye. They have scholarships if you grew up in Section 8 housing. They've got scholarships if you lost a parent, if you lost both parents. They've got scholarships for kids with a 2.5. C average kids. You're not, you know, you're not not smart. Maybe you really struggle hard to get that C. I want to hear your story. They have money for everything under the sun. So, you know, you've got your high achievers and your really competitive scholarships like your Pepsis, Taco Bell, 
Coca-Cola. Matter of fact, I have to finish up one with my daughter today. Taco Bell has a video scholarship, Live Moss. Tell me how you're living out your passion. And she's a dancer and an artist. So we're going to take some video of her dancing, talking about doing her graphic art on her iPad. And then we're going to, you know, clean it up, make it look nice and submit that. So if you are passionate about art or dance or in the environment, or about race car driving, anything under the sun you can find a scholarship for. If you're black, if you're white, if you're brown, if you're yellow, it doesn't matter. There are people willing to give you billions of dollars just because you're you, no matter who you are or what you do. That is so interesting to me because um, I feel like I was once told that scholarship money comes from one or two ways. Um, academics or athletics. And so, and academics almost always fell under the category of SAT scores. Um, And so can you elaborate a little bit on that? Was I just completely misguided? I mean, obviously I was because you're telling me you can get it for being tall, being short, being- Yeah, yeah. See, and and because whoever's giving you that information is probably ignorant about where the money is coming from. So before you take the SAT, you take the PSAT, Mm-hmm. in either your 10th or 11th grade year. And depending on how well you do, you can be submitted. Your name is entered into like merit-based scholarships because you did so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting now with COVID, a lot of schools are now test optional. They don't even want your SAT scores, which is great for us. Yes. Because even though my daughter has like a 4.7, she doesn't, I don't want to say she doesn't test well because she did really well, but not as well as a lot of these schools would think or you they want you to do so. None of the schools have her test scores. Right. So that's what they're looking at. They're looking at her GPA, her grades, her extracurriculars. Mm-hmm. So, of course, athletics, you're always going to have your top tier athletes, your D1, D2 schools that are looking to give money to a lot of football, basketball, you know, soccer, golf players. But mm-hmm. what if you don't play sports? And what if you don't have straight A's? Then what? You can get scholarships. There's a plethora of places that you can get scholarships. I mean, I encourage children to do well. But a lot of times they don't. A lot of times, for instance, my son was transitioning from private to public school. His first year, ninth grade, he mm-hmm. completely bombed because them private school kids were driving him crazy. It was time to go. So <laughs> he's brilliant, but he failed his entire ninth grade year. So we had to transition to 10th grade and make that time up. He started gaining his momentum and his confidence back. So, you know, that by the time he got to senior year, he had a three five. But they're looking at your ninth grade year, like what mm-hmm. happened here? Right. That that was his essay. Let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you about my experience with these people. So, and he got lots of scholarship money because of that. So it used to be like, for me, I went to high school 30 years ago and it used to be athletics and academics and that's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's not like that anymore. Well, that's good to know because I feel like um, it's so, and a lot of times, like in a lot of schools, they start talking to kids uh, that just, piggybacking off what you said, right? Your your son had a horrible ninth grade year or, you know, transitioning ninth grade years, we're going to call it. He had a transitioning ninth grade year. Um, and so then by the time they get to their junior and senior year, the, you've got your counselors coming into your classrooms talking about college and they're looking at your GPA. And then now they kind of feel um, there's like this uh, defeated feeling on a lot of our students and our kids because they go, well, I didn't know this until junior year that I should be trying to get good grades, that I should be trying. And and I know it sounds silly and a lot of people are going to go, how do you not know? But when you're the first- A lot of kids don't know. Yeah. yeah. And when you're the first generation college goer, 
you don't know and your parents don't know. And when you're the first one to be in this country, you don't know. And so, you know, there's a lot of like deficits there that we are trying to fill in. And so along with that, excuse me, just to say my niece is someone who she took the PSAT, scored in like the 98th percentile, took the SAT, um, was in the like 99th percentile, brilliant, like brilliant child. And then COVID hit and they were like, we're not you know, looking at this and she was very sad, right? Like she was like, but I worked so hard. I worked so hard, right. However, she was also a student that was involved in everything. And so they looked and it was a beautiful thing to also have universities look at kids holistically, you know? And like you said, it definitely helps our kids. Now my niece is white, (laughs) but um, it, it, it especially helps us black and brown folks because we're looking at this. And when we don't have the grades, we're like, yeah, but I'm a really good speaker or I did really good in these areas or I did, exactly. this. you know, the same thing that um I think it was Harvard was that they do the personality test and the academic test. And so right. Right. anyway, there it's just a beautiful thing to be able to be looked at holistically as opposed to just one section. And exactly. so with that, I want to ask you, when is it like, is there a such thing as too early to be looking at scholarships? What are we what are we talking about? When's a good time for me to say, yeah, I need to know where I can get some money from. So really competitive parents, they've got scholarships and competitions for kids in elementary school. So, and what they'll probably do, if you start early and win money, they'll put it in a trust Mm -hmm. or they'll hold on to it until you're ready to graduate from high school. But they've got elementary scholarships, middle school scholarships. Um, And if you're not ready, then ninth grade, I tell ninth grade and 10th graders all the time, you can start looking for money now. And like you said, I want to piggyback on what you said. Kids don't know what they don't know. A lot of people don't know. They start looking at your transcript. Ninth grade, everything matters. Mm -hmm. And I teach fourth grade and I don't want to tell the fourth graders, you know, don't stress about that B I gave you. Nobody's going to look at it in 15 years. But here's what I want you to know. When you get to high school, hit the ground running because everything counts from this point on. They're looking at ninth grade, 10th grade and 11th grade. And that's why seniors get senioritis because they take the first quarter of your senior year, and then they evaluate you on four years. So sometimes kids get senioritis, and after December, they kind of slack off. But yeah, you can start looking at scholarships. Uh, I just gave a fifth grader an art scholarship submission because she's a beautiful artist, and it was $10,000. That's I hope that she wins. It was due this week, so I have to check on her with that. Middle schoolers, um, they have the VFW, which is the Veterans of For- Foreign Wars. They've got a voice of democracy contest for middle school and high school. You have to literally just, they give you two topics, you choose one, you write the paper, but then you read it. They want to hear your cadence. They want to hear your voice. You upload your submission and you could win up to $35,000. My daughter's a finalist in that one right now. So anywhere from elementary all the way up to high school. And it doesn't stop when you get in college, keep looking for scholarships. The search doesn't stop. You got to keep going, keep finding that money, especially if you don't get a full ride. Mm. Full ride is when they pay for everything and very few people get a full ride. So you got to keep looking. Interesting. Okay. So let me, let me ask something based on that too. Like, let's say, um, I, I'm not going to have enough money. Do you, do you always like recommend universities for students who aren't going to get scholarships or grants or anything like that? That's interesting. So I'll put it to you like this. And what my daughter learned in her summer program, there's three tiers of schools. You should be looking for your reach school, something that you're reaching to attain. Mm -hmm. Maybe you might get in, you might not. 
you've got your middle of the road school and then you got your safety school, which is like your fallback. So for example, reach school for some kids might be Harvard or Dartmouth or Princeton. Your middle of the road schools might be like a Smith, a Mount Holyoke, um, a Vassar, like um, something like that, Amherst College. And then your safety school is your local state school, um, schools that are close to home. Because if you think about it, you can't travel out of state. You're going to be hit with private charges. Mm -hmm. And we can also talk about private schools versus state universities, because a lot of times State universities don't have the endowment to give you as much aid as they would like. And the private universities have huge endowments. And for example, my one of my twins went to Smith, her balance was zero. Her sister went to the University of Massachusetts. We had a bill, but it cost less for her to go there, but they gave her less aid. So mm, we had okay. a bill every semester that we had to find scholarship money for. So... So I suggest that kids start with a list of seven to 10 schools. They put their dream schools, but they also add safety schools. And then once you get in, see how much merit money they're offering and then see if you can afford to go because nobody should be breaking the bank or breaking their parents down just yeah. trying to go to school because really it doesn't matter where you go. Yeah. It just matters what you do with it when you graduate. So with saying that, like, is there a time where you, because I'll be honest, like, I often tell my, so I t teach my, when I was in the classroom, I taught my kids about trade schools. I taught them about community college. I taught them and even here. Like when we talk about this guys, like, I don't think y'all understand when we say we throw college around the word college and university to kids all the time. They don't know the difference and they don't know the difference between an associate's, a bachelor's, a master's, a PhD. Um, they don't like a doctorate's degree, sorry, a doctor's degree. They don't know the difference. And right. so we just continue to say, oh yeah, when you go to a four-year college or when you go here and they're like, like none of it makes sense. And you makes know, sense they, they do not love to ask questions. Some do, but the majority just do not, right? Like we've kind of beat that out of them by the time they get to high school. They're not asking questions. They're just kind of being like, maybe it'll fill in somewhere. Maybe it won't. Right. Um, and so I would always, I always told my students, if you don't have the funding, go to community college. Exactly. So, um, I'm I'm grateful that you said exactly, because I'm like, was I wrong in saying that? Because no. I always like, and I love community college. Like, I feel like it's a great transition for students, um, especially, you know, no shade. I was a general ed uh, student. I didn't take yeah. no AP classes, no dual credit, none of that. That was not about, I was not about that life. Life, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was smart enough to do it. And then when they asked me, I'm like, I'm good. Like, no, I'm coasting. Right. Um, pretty sure I graduated college with like a 2.5 or something. Got I mean, out. I exactly. college, high school, high school. Right. College was way higher. Okay. Um, and then my master's and everything. But I say all that to say, when we are looking at funding, right? And so you have these students that are like, I, my parents, like, I'm not going to be able to get a lot of funding. Afford it. Right. It is a smart safety school, um, community college for a lot of the kids. Community college. My youngest son is at a community college right now. The best kept secrets around the country are community colleges. And they're slept on. Like some of the best professors, yep. some of the best classes I ever took were Amen. at community college. Like I was at a four-year school and I got put out because I pledged a sorority and wanted to party. Y'all, that's another story. Another podcast, girl. <laughs> So I got to do out. <laughs> Listen, my school was sick of me. I got put out and they were like, go down the street, sign up over there. And then when you're serious, you can come yes. back. So I went to community college and it was the greatest two years 
of my life. My son is there now in a culinary program and they have a partnership with the local MGM casino here in town. And he, listen, he's cooking around here, chefing it up. The yes. best kept secrets are community college and they're inexpensive. And a lot of times they give a lot of in-house merit scholarship money. So you don't even have to pay anything. His entire that. last two years has been paid for because they see his talent. They see his passion. And the other thing is, this is a kid. Every kid is not going to go to college. We Let's just tell the truth. And Amen. That's okay. Amen. You don't have to go. Maybe, if, and a lot of kids are in these vocational high schools, but a lot of the general ed kids, maybe they don't want to go. Maybe you want to work on cars or braid hair or do nails, or maybe you want to cook. What are you passionate about? Mm-hmm. And figure out the avenue to get there. College may not be it, and that's okay. We need to start saying that. College and career readiness. So if you're not going to come right. to college, military. what are you going to do? Or military. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do with your life? So community college is an excellent resource. And then once you're done with the two years, get your associates. You could be done, live your life, go to work. Or you could springboard and go to that four-year school if that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do that. But they have a lot of scholarships for kids transitioning from two-year to four-year schools, if that's what you want to do, if you want to continue your education. See, my youngest son hated school. He was brilliant, but he didn't want to be bothered. He wanted to play video games all day and, Mm -hmm. you know, have these videos playing out in his head. He didn't want to be bothered. Mm -hmm. I had to bribe him to, like, go to your counselor. I think it was December uh, of COVID. COVID hit and he was senior year. He's senioritis. He just wanted to get up out of school and he was sick all the time. He he had a, a blood illness. He had sickle cell. So he just wanted to be done with school and just, he was over it. So he went to his guidance counselor. They had like um, the, the school, some of the local schools in school signing kids up. He signed up and then they enrolled him on the spot. So he didn't even do the common app. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to fill out anything. They accepted him just like that. And I'm like, wow, they're doing that now? Yeah, I think that's what it was for me, too, like way, way, way back in the day. Um, You know, I was going to say, too, and this is a whole other episode because I know we want to stick with funding. But uh, for my high school listeners and parents with high school kids, um, I just want to say, especially to the parents, sometimes when you look around, especially when you get on social media and all these parents have posted you know, that their kids going to this school, this university and that university. And, and you kind of, it's easy to get caught up in that, um, in that competitive spirit. Yeah. But like, it's okay if your kid works and it's okay if your kid goes to community college, like all of our kids are not the same. And so, and the kids start to feel that pressure when you're kind of like, oh, I want, you know, I want you to go here. And I love that you literally have, um, Laverne, you have a child for every occasion. You're like this. Every kid. (laughs) Oh, well, let me tell you about this kid, how he feels. Let me tell you about my kid. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's lovely to hear because you're like, look, I got one going to this, you know, university and then I've got one at community college and I've got you know so I, I think that's really cool to one who hates school one who listen right. listen and college is a scam I'm not going listen TikTok done taught all of us that college is a scam but let's move it on <laughs> but you know it it is really cool to see because I think sometimes we get this stigma of like community college is not as good and when I tell you the same for me I transferred 
Um, I didn't finish my associates there, but I started at a community college and I loved it. Like loved it. I loved every second of it. My professors were so chill. They were, the classes were smaller. It was a great transition for me. Um, and so again, the price, you know, I was paying out of pocket. I got like a Pell Grant and then paying some out of pocket. I was working. It just was very convenient. And so I think that that's an important conversation to have whenever we are looking at the funding and everything is like, sometimes we want to look at everything that glitters and say that it's gold. That's but, not for us though. It's not for us. Amen. And so anyway, right. what God has for you is for you. Yes. And so I really wanted to like, you know, hop on that little soapbox really quick because I think I've seen it time and time and time again, you know, especially if your kid is not getting the offer letters or has zero desire to go to college and then, you know, or you're the kid in that situation. And it's like all your friends are going off to this university and you feel universities and you feel left behind. Left Um, out, right. Yeah. And, And I want you to know that that's okay, that everybody has their own journey, you know. Um, so let's talk about application fees. Cause girl, they be kicking our ass sometimes. Right. Like, I'm talking about when you're looking at $75 per kid, I mean, per application, uh, these can add up. So talk about how can, is there, are there any waivers for waiver? That? I was about to say, I got one word for you and it's waiver. So the first thing you want to do is go to your guidance counselor and ask, how do I get a waiver? How do I apply for a waiver? Do I qualify for a waiver? So most schools, especially if they're free lunch or reduced lunch schools, which most, I know where I am, it's an urban inner city district. But even if you're not in an urban inner city district, go and ask about a waiver. Because in addition to the Common App and all the schools you apply for and the fees that they want, which they should waive, in addition to the FAFSA, the free financial aid form, certain private schools want what's called the CSS form. And the CSS form is like the financial aid form, but for private uh, colleges, some very top tier elite private colleges dig deeper into your finances, dig deeper into your business, basically. And that's $16 a pop, $16 per school. So Mm -hmm. say, for example, my daughter applied to 15 schools. Half of those schools wanted the CSS. So let's see, 15, half of that. Let me do quick math. Eight. Eight times 16 would have been, oh, I'm not paying. So how do we get to go ask, go <laughs> ask your counselor? I'm not doing. <laughs> if it's five cents, I'm not paying. But the good thing is usually when you get to the end of the application, they'll tell you what's your school. You have to put a code in. Oh, your school, you qualify automatically for a waiver. You don't no. have to pay. If no. you don't automatically qualify, Hit the pause button, save your information, go to your guidance office and ask for a key or a code for a waiver because waiver all day over here, honey, waiver. Can can everybody get a waiver or is it? Everybody can ask. Everybody. Not because you ask, not you better go ask and find out. Absolutely. I like that. Um, Because usually it's not, I don't mean to cut you off. Usually it's your school and the location of your school Mm -hmm. and the makeup of your school. How many kids of color in your school? Is it a high poverty area? Like I said, free and reduced lunch. Um, It's like the the makeup of your city and your district Mm -hmm. that gets you the waiver, not your personal information. So ask your guidance counselor. Absolutely. So like title one schools. Absolutely. um, Yeah. Title one schools. I I mean, I know I taught only at title one schools. So um, I also taught at a school uh, where they started this program where if you graduated from that high school, you got your community college for free. Wow. Um, you could get, yeah. So like you could attend classes for free. That's and that amazing. Was, 
it was a very, um, it, I mean, I, I love that school. It was one of the roughest in all of Dallas and the kids were just phenomenal. Like, right. I, I, don't, I don't even know how to explain it, but yeah. So that was a, a really cool program that they had set up that you could transition, you know, straight into college at the community college. That sounds um, amazing. Yeah, it, it was a really cool thing. Um, so how do we find all these things? Like you just threw all of them out at us and you said, look, there's money everywhere, money just on the streets, okay? But like, what do we do? Because when you started applying for colleges, girl, you already know it's overwhelming. It but is. How do we find this stuff? So in addition to going to your guidance counselor and checking the websites of other high schools in the area, there are a few websites um, that have really, really good information. First thing you want to do is avoid scams. You should never, ever pay for a scholarship. If anybody's asking you for money, if anybody's asking for your social security information, that's a scam. Run in the other direction. That's number one. Number two, they've got a lot of no essay, jump in here and win this scholarship uh, things. I don't want to say those aren't legit, but it's kind of like the mega bucks from last night. It's like a sweepstakes. Only one in a trillion people might win. That's not a guaranteed scholarship. So these sites right here, and I'm about to tell you, are the ones that I've used, the ones that I love, that I've been using since my son 10 years ago was about to go to college. So the first one is scholarships360.com. That's a great source of information. Um, scholarshipamerica.org, great source of information. Another one that I just found recently is Bold. .org. And a lot of these sites will have you put in your profile information so they can cater the search for you. So you'll put in that you're a high school senior, you're African-American, you're female, you're LGBTQ, you're interested in art, you're interested in mechanics or aerospace engineering. You put all your information in and they will give you the list of scholarships that you can apply to. Scholly is another one. I believe Scholly is a young man that went on Shark Tank and got the money to start his scholarship website. So if you start with those right there that I listed, there was one more. Oh, Going Mary is another one that's brand new that I just found, goingmary.com. I love that site. Oh, you know what? Social media, uh, the internet, if, if you're not able to get on sites and you're not able to work together as a team, there's lots of people on Instagram giving great information, free mm -hmm. information. Like I said, don't ever pay to win a scholarship, whether it's Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or just going online in general. If you put the word scholarship, in the search, mm. lots of helpful information will pop up. But if you're doing a Google search, you want to make sure you narrow your search. So mm. put in scholarships for dancers or scholarships for medical students or scholarships for high school seniors that are African-American that want to be veterinarians. Ooh. Narrow your search and you'll get the information you're looking for. That's a really good piece of advice. I think a lot of times we just think broad and we go scholarships for UT Austin scholarships for, you know, and it's like, no, what are you like? What do we have scholarships for our LGBTQ youth? Do we have scholarships for our golf players? Do we have scholarships like all you like, what is it that you can for horseback riding for like, there's like so many different ones. And I love that you said African-Americans, you know, because we we need a lot of that. So 
Listen, we have hit a lot. I'm going to put all of those things um, and also link her up because you will you need to uh, you need to see her page. Uh, she gives out so much good information. Laverne oh, and locally, well. locally also check. So there's never a good time to any time is good time to jump in and start because it's year round. But now that is January and it's the new year. This is where locally your churches will start to talk about their scholarships your fraternities, your sororities, um, your links, your girlfriends, your Jack and Jill clubs. Um, like I said, that uh, that Elks Club, that VFW, some of the Freemason organizations have scholarships. Look locally, have your grandma, your mima, your mama, mm. get down to the Kroger, get down to whatever grocery store. Walmart has a scholarship. Lowe's has a scholarship. Home Depot. A lot of huge companies now are starting to release their scholarship information because it's their quarter now, this time of year, for them to do that. So mm -hmm. look, look, look. Look at other high school websites. Look at their guidance offices. Don't just talk to your guidance counselor. Talk to other guidance counselors. And talk to your friends that go to other schools. What do they know? Mm -hmm. Do they know about scholarships that maybe you don't know about? Get all the information you can. And this is like a, a second job. Like, I teach and work all day. Mm -hmm. But on my prep, I'm looking for scholarships for my daughter. When and I get home, I'm love. looking for scholarships for my child. Like, it's a full-time job. And... As long as they've got like a solid essay that you have to write for your common app, you can use that essay and reuse it for scholarships. You can tweak it for certain scholarships. Have your child give you the essay and you do part of the work and you all work together. These kids can't do it by themselves. It's too much. It's overwhelming. They've mm -hmm. got to go to school. They've got to go to work. They've got to apply to school. And then you've got to look for money too. Like they need yeah. help. So, you it's know. It's a lot. It's a lot. So, mm -hmm. yeah. One thing I was going to say too, like, uh, mind you, if you, so if y'all were like running to get a pen, I will put all that information in all of the sites everywhere. You can find it on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all the things. So, so right. no need to like run and try to rewind and everything. I'll put it um, everywhere. But so we know that it's a lot of work. What is the normal amount that you can, I don't want to say bank on, because that doesn't make sense, but is there an amount that you feel, well... I can usually get kids about this much, or this is about the amount that kids can get if they're diligent and try to do certain things. Is there any amount like that? Or is it just like, I don't even approach it like that. You know why? Cause it's like taking your money and going down to casino and mm -hmm. hoping that you can win. I mean, you know, you're smart, you know, you're valuable. You've got to craft your essay a certain way. And you hope that you win. Let me give you an example. So from July until the end of the year, I think my daughter and I applied to 10 scholarships a week. Wow. She only won, she only won two. Oh my gosh. You okay. understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You never know what these people are looking for, but if you're a good writer, that's part of the battle right there. You got to catch them with the hook, the first few sentences, and then you've got to cater your essay. What do these people want? What are they looking for? I can tell them about myself, but am I passionate about it? Mm -hmm. Is my passion showing through? So you can apply the more you apply the more you win I will say that yeah between August and the end of the year like I said we applied every week she only won two she's got an interview tomorrow for our local MLK scholarship and I just found out last night that she won one locally so the more you apply the more you win so the effort is like anything in life what you put in Mm -hmm. you'll get out eventually I know a lot of people think it's all oh, it's a scam I did all this work well let me see your essay because that's half the battle right there how well did you craft your writing 
Um, was it coherent? Mm-hmm. Did you restate the question? Like, that's good for English class, but you can't do that with scholarships. There's lots of secrets and tips and tricks that a lot of people don't know about that Ooh. scholarship judges are looking for. And we got that yeah. episode coming up too, y'all. So yeah, all the absolutely. things, I got an admissions counselor coming on to tell us what they're looking for and all the things. So stay oh, tuned. Admissions, yeah. yeah. How, yeah. They look, how they take two seconds to look at you and toss you Maybe. off to the side. And what your essay should look like and what it entails and what it shouldn't have and all the things. So, baby, we're going to get down to the nitty gritty. We're going to get these kids in college if that's what they want, right? Yep, absolutely. But, um, what advice would you give students or parents of high school age kids? We've talked about it's never too early to start. You can get scholarships at any time. You can put them in a trust. Um, you know, what the difference is between Pell Grants and financial aid and loans and all the things. But is there any other piece of advice that you would um, like to give them? Parents Ooh, or that's students? That's good. Um, I think you need to sit down and have a conversation early. And parents need to be honest about exactly what kind of support they can give. And students need to be realistic about where they want to go and where they should go. And I'm not saying you don't have lofty dreams and you shouldn't chase your passions, but maybe NYU is not going to be for you. Um, Maybe you should, you know, have that list, like I said, of reach schools, middle schools and safety schools, just in case you should have a conversation with your children about what you're able to do. And if you have this dream, what are we going to do to attain and achieve it? Are we going to work hard on these essays and get these scholarships? Or are you really interested in school? Do you have a passion that you want to pursue uh, with your hands as a trade? You know, what do you really want to do in life? Especially now, the world on fire and things are crazy. Let's be honest about what we're doing here. And let's not waste money while we're doing it. Because money is not growing on trees and we don't have any to burn. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you need to have the conversation and be honest with everybody. Because mm-hmm. those college decisions affect everyone. Those loans you take out affect you for generations. And those parent plus loans, something else I forgot. Oh my gosh, I was just about to say that. Yeah, the devil, El Diablo. No, don't do it. Yes, let's talk about parent loans because I had never, first of all, um, when I went to college, by the time I went to college, I didn't have any help from my parents at all whatsoever. Wow. Um, and so just recently, um, again, when I'm looking at my students go to college and they're talking about parent, pl- parent, whatever you just said, I, I didn't even know that that was a thing. So that was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is that? So let me, let me, let me tell you how I got hit with the parent plus loan nonsense. So, so there's subsidized and unsubsidized. So your child, if they take out loans, they will get a certain amount of subsidized money and unsubsidized money. And then if that doesn't cover the whole bill, financial aid or the bursar's office will reach out to you, even though if you have a question, they'll scream FERPA all day and say, you don't have a right to ask me about your child's finances. Tell your child to grant you permission, you know, and all that nonsense. But they will say, well, hey, you have a balance. Do you want to take out this parent plus loan to cover the balance? And I'm thinking, you know, my child's in my ear. They're stressed out. They got to get books. They got to start classes. There's a balance. I can't pay it. Well, let me go ahead and take this loan out. Don't do that. Because a lot of times those aren't federal loans. They're private loans. And they don't fall under the umbrella of forgiveness. Mm. I'm a teacher. 
I'm about to get a lot of my loans forgiven. Mm-hmm. My husband's about to get his loans forgiven because they were federal. These are private loans, private money that they're trying to throw at you that you will have to pay back with interest compounded wow. on top of that. And they're trying to rush and get you to hurry up and sign this paperwork. Well, you know, your child needs their books and they've got to get to classes and we've got to hold on their account un- until this balance is zero. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Don't do it though. I I encourage you. You absolutely have to, but they, I mean, just like so many other ones, they're predatory. Like it's like, (laughs) we want our kids to go to these schools. And so again, this kind of goes back to the conversation you were saying of, we have to be realistic about what we can afford, right? We have to be realistic and sit down and say, Hey baby, look, they want me to take out these loans. I cannot do that. Right. For the sake of whatever it is, um, we're not able to do that. Or, you know, if you're the parent that says we can do that, then do it. Um, But if it's going to cause that financial strain, then a conversation is probably going to need to be had. Right. Um, And another thing, I mean, again, a whole other episode that we'll be talking about is managing that money, because sometimes you get this bulk of money. They will pay your tuition first. They will get a refund. Yeah. They will send you that money. And then you're looking at like 10K in your account or 5K. And you're like, what do I do with Uh all this money? Well, baby, it's going to last you. It's, it has to last you a certain amount of time. And so that's also like an entire budgeting thing that we have to talk about as well. Yeah, um, I know a lot of us in college, when we got that refund, baby. <laughs> listen, I, I don't recommend that people do that, but they'll give you all this aid. Your bill is covered. There's a balance of zero. When you get a refund, you get that refund check. People go shopping. You get that refund baby. check people run and gamble with it I mean just but you still that's not your money you have to pay that back and the worst thing you could tell us baby is that the bills are paid because right. we're looking at all this money and the bills paid stop right playing. stop playing with me time <laughs> to go like, shopping right this exactly. now becomes my money but again that's a whole other topic of like we have to talk about budgeting with these students and our kids right as to when you get this money you still have to spend responsibly and it might be the most you've ever seen in your account by yourself right? For a lot of kids, it's going to be that way. But we're going to have to figure out what that looks like over semesters and over a year of college for you. Um, you talked about private and non-private schools um, and the difference in the the loans as well. Can you talk a little bit about that? What is like, what should we be on the lookout for and what's the difference between them? So if you stay in-state, so there's in-state and out-of-state prices. So for example, I'm in Massachusetts and there are state schools here in Massachusetts. Matter of fact, we have a, uh, an exam. Hmm. That's a, that's another podcast, another topic. We have a, what's called the MCAS, a Massachusetts assessment exam that kids take from third grade. And then they have to take it again in eighth and then in 10th to graduate. The same so, yeah. So if you pass it with a certain percentage point, you get tuition, but you have to stay in state. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So my daughter did really well and she's got a scholarship waiting for her if she stays in state, which she doesn't want to do. So you're in state schools like the SUNY system in New York or the University of Massachusetts system here. Those are state schools. And if you live in that state, your tuition is lowered a little bit mm-hmm. as opposed to if you travel from out of state and you want to go to that school, then they charge you out-of-state prices. Compared to private schools, like an Amherst College or 
a Smith or a Mount Holyoke or an Amherst or a Hampshire college. Those are private colleges that cost way more than the state schools, but they have large endowments. And endowment means alumni are giving back money to give scholarship money to incoming students. So for example, Smith College this year might cost $77,000. A student with great grades, uh, great recommendations, great SAT scores might get $70,000 worth of aid. Mm -hmm. So that means you only have to come up with the rest. Mm -hmm. And then you get scholarships or you get more merit aid, things of that nature, as opposed to if you go to the University of Massachusetts, a state school, which may only cost you $13,000, Mm-hmm. They're only going to give you three. You yeah. got to pay 10 because they don't have a large endowment. Jeez. So those things you need that's, to think about and consider also. That's a, a lot of information. And it's really, I, I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't know is about the in-state and out-of-state tuition that, and and it's so interesting because colleges love to tell you, like they love this line, you know, that they love to take care of their own first. And so that's why they charge the in-state um, less, but the truth is capitalism wins again. If there's a way that they can find a way to like charge people, charge you, to do then that. they will. Absolutely. So they literally say, Hey, because you're not from here, you need to pay more like that. Right. Anyway. So, yeah. and, um, because I'm in Texas, a large majority of the audience is in Texas. And so, um, when we talk about private universities, we're talking about, um, like Southern Methodist University, right? Like SMU in Texas, which we know is really expensive and really prestigious and all the things. And then the uh, UT, Austin, um, that's a public institution. And so also expensive, also, you know, prestigious and elite for Texas. Um, but they do have different, um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? There are different, first of all, there's different price tags, uh, but, uh, benefits and and all the things when it comes to networking and just just so many different right. things, exactly. Um, and the money that they're going to be able to receive scholarships, all the things. So it's just important to to look those things up. Um, but listen, are there any anything that you feel we missed? Because I feel like we oh we talked about so much. Oh my goodness, um, I know. <laughs> I talked about financial aid, the FAFSA. I talked about with the EFC, what parents can contribute. Mm-hmm. We talked about scholarships and sites. I love that. This is my last piece of advice for this. Um, and I'm telling this to parents and kids. Don't be scared to ask questions. Do not be scared to ask questions because we miss out on so much information because we feel embarrassed or we feel like we should know these things or we feel, <clears throat> you know, whatever the case may be. But I'm telling you now, Nobody knows everything. And so figure out like, and sometimes here's the thing too. I am big and y'all know this. Sometimes I will be like, I don't even know. You know, when you don't know what you don't know, you don't even know what to ask. Right. right? So like literally make the appointment with the counselor, with your child and say, look, we don't even know where to start. And I promise you, I promise you that those folks are knowledgeable. They got full degrees in this. They make more than the teachers. Okay. So like they know their stuff and they know how to talk to you. They know how to communicate and say, this is what I'm hoping, you know, some folks, but, but they should be able to tell you everything that you need to know. So just don't be scared. Don't be intimidated. They are there to help. That is literally their job. They will help you. Um, Absolutely. you have been incredible. I can't wait to Thank put your you. link 
and everything because she just gives such great information all the time. You can check out her Instagram and everything else. Um, but I just want to say I appreciate you. Um, you have just done it again, you know, just <laughs> like given all the good information. And please even hit her up because she has, I mean, as you can tell, all the the well of knowledge. So um, but again, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you, Felicia. Thank you so much. And I'm just trying to get this information to everybody. So if it's five cents, don't pay it. I might make a shirt that says that because there's too much money out here that people are not privy to. Mm-hmm. And my mother likes to say, you have not because you ask not. So ask. Every black mama. Ask the that. questions. Yeah. <laughs> mamas and grandmamas, right? I love Absolutely. it. Thank you so much. Thank you.